0: Hello and welcome to Rick Radio Community News Desk, episode 41. I'm Mick Hanley. Well, later in the programme, we talk with Jonathan Walker, the new principal of Rings End College, about the day to day programme in the school and also his ambitions for the future. But first, but joining me this morning is David Kelly from All In A Row. And All In A Row um, was started, I think, in 2016. But, uh, David, uh, you're very welcome to the programme. And, uh, in fact, you can tell us what All In A Row is all about.
1: Uh, thanks, Mick, for having me on the show. Um, all In A Row was, was born on the River Liffey in 2016, um, um, kind of resulting out of the fact that um, the homeless situation was out of control and still is. Uh, so we took on board to kind of create a community on the Liffy, uh, people who use the Liffy, uh, people who row on the Liffy, kayak on the Liffy, canoe on the Liffy. And we got to know all these different groups and we kind of put together a group called All in a Row Helping. So All in a Row means not strictly speaking that you have to, that has to be a row or could be a paddle, but there's nearly a philosophy behind it. that if you get everything or everybody all in a row thinking in the right direction to help people, you can be quite powerful and useful in terms of collecting money for these very deserving charities. So we done something in 2016 for Focus Ireland and we raised, would you believe, 35,000 first time out, which was incredible. Um, But thereafter, we kind of thought that the people that helped us on the day, um, which were particularly the Irish Underwater Search and Recovery Unit, um, who are a a volunteer group and a charity who um, get involved, if you like, with families who have lost loved ones. And um, the Irish Underwater Search and Recovery Unit help as much as they can um, to, find these, to find loved ones that may have been lost. Um, and of course, everybody I think knows the Ornalloy, the Royal National Lifeboat Institute, who are mm-hmm. basically probably have a, 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 a place in most places around, around the coast. And the local ones would be uh, Dunleary and Holt and, and Skerries. Um, so, two, two important water based charities to the people who are involved in all in a row, and indeed to the people who widely use the coast or uh, the, the, um, the rivers um, in Ireland and the, the, the canals and so forth, where you know accidents can happen and uh, people's lives can be in danger. So thankfully, we have these type of... And there, there are many other uh, volunteer groups as well who help in different places around the country. But uh, the ones we have favoured, obviously, is the Irish Underwater Search and Recovery Unit and the RNLI, and we have endeavoured then to help them since 2017 up to the present um, event, which is taking place on the 3rd of December um, um, this year. And we hope to raise as much money as possible and split the money between these two great charities.
0: Brilliant. And what happens on the day? It's on from half eight to half past three. So is it kind of a a rowing marathon or or a kayak marathon or something? Or what exactly happens? And where on the river is it going to happen?
1: Well, that's it. The the invite's out there um, on the website, and the Facebook page for all uh, sort of, you know, clubs who are involved with um, rowing or paddling or canoeing. Um, and that's canoe paddling. um, so the registration is available on, on the website, so work away for anybody, everybody's invited. And the idea is that we get everybody, and of course, safety has a huge bearing on all this. So we have safety boats and we have, a, and we have safety people, briefing people before they enter the water, et cetera. Um, and basically we'll have everybody arriving at half eight sunrise to sunset really this gig is uh, for the for the boats and uh, on saturday the 3rd of december and at at half eight and onwards and people will arrive register and get a safety um, spiel off of our safety officers and off they go and basically they'll be rowing or paddling up um, on the north side towards town and then probably going as far as maybe cable Sea bridge um, maybe maybe not as far, but usually Caven Street Bridge and back down the South Wall, and they just circle like that as as much mm. as they can, enjoy themselves and meet people, and uh, meet people coming and going. Um, and for for all those who haven't been on on the Liffey in the city, it's a great experience because you're going past the iconic key walls, you're going under the iconic key uh, sorry bridges, you're going past the iconic buildings like the um, the Custom House um Liberty House. Um, we won't be going as far as the four courts but it's just a fantastic place to be and a uh, great crack and you know a safe place really because i've been doing it for long enough now that it's a very very safe place and enjoyed by by passer boys as well of course they like to look on and see see people enjoying themselves and animating the river liffy so that that's kind of the, the, the take on the day the other thing of course is it starts in um, in rings end at saint pat's rowing club and um, people are welcome to come down to have a look and um, we'll have food on, hopefully, provided by uh, the scouts uh, from Wicklow and Bray. I think they're providing tents and, and food will be provided. Um, so if people want to ramble down, now most of the food, is, of course, is for the participants. <laughs> so if anyone rolls down, they are more than welcome to have a cup of teams. We'll see how we go on them. Um, and, of course, we're looking for any donations. There'll be a, a raffle taking place. So tickets are, are for sale for the raffle. It'll be fantastic prizes. Um. But, you know, come down, see what it's like there in St. Pat's Club. They're they're the host club really, and uh, you know there's plenty of activity for people who are really interested in, in their own particular activity, and and kind of combining as a community to to raise money for these two great charities.
0: And I suppose for people who are, are participating, it, it, there's a charge for them? Then is, is that the way you're working from the donation point of view? Well, or?
1: We, we have no particular charge, but like yeah. you know, we're obviously hoping that people will engage in you know in in, in bringing their club members down, having a fun day and you know buying raffle tickets and uh, maybe some clubs will have um charged each each one of their own participants and they've come mm, down with mm. it or, or they put it on the on the on the website with have annoyed donate page on the website so it's really up to people themselves but we're not certainly not telling people that they have to give a, a certain amount just for entrance
0: well you're going to have boats from all over the country
1: uh, well we at the moment the registration's open and uh you know we have the local clubs anyway're you know we're open to anybody coming from any any distance but it, of course difficult as it may seem um, for that time of the year but we ha- we have had people before who come up from Cork maybe without boats maybe and they got in on and um, some of the boats that we have up here mm. and we have people coming from Scaries. We and um, hopefully we will have people coming from New Grange as well there in, in uh, county Mead uh, so yeah like we're, we're you know whoever is we, we might we had some interest as well from over the border there and um, as well and uh, so more than welcome. Um, not sure who's, you know, if, if people have registered. Uh, f- from those uh, further afield places, but certainly the local clubs are starting to, uh, feel that uh, uh, to register and to get kind of excited about the whole thing. And it's a fun day as well, so be kind of fancy dress. You know, the sandy, the because we're not far away from Christmas, <laughs> so the, the the sandy hats are welcome and all that kind of stuff. You know,
0: brilliant, brilliant. So it's not a race as such anyway, and it's, it's just um, as you say, going up and down. Uh, the river, as far as Capel Street, and coming back again. I suppose, in many ways, David, then an opportunity for people along the route uh, who are off shopping, I suppose, for Christmas or even on the Saturday uh, to see it. Would you have kind of buckets or anything like that going around kind of up the river a
1: bit? Well, we, we won't have buckets because it you know, presents kind of difficulties for insurance and that, you know. Yeah. But uh, certainly, um, you know, as I say, we anytime anyone goes out in the Liffey, it's it's a form of animation, like whatever they're doing, um, there's always a little bit of public interest when people stop and watch mm. them. And um, for this event, we're hoping that, you know, um, certainly um, there's, there's anybody can watch on. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, I think most people like to see something happening on the Liffey because um, it's largely underused for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, in a lot of cases, there'll be a lot of people here who mostly maybe be racing regattas during the season. So they would have had a busy season. But now we're just asking them to come along and have a fun day.
0: Great, great. And you, you spoke about the two charities. um. The uh, Irish Rescue and Recovery Unit, yes. search and, Re- and recovery Unit as well. Tell us a little bit more about that and the work that they, they do.
1: Well, the Irish and recovery Search and Recovery Unit are a full kind of uh, full charity, obviously, and um, they have all volunteers. So there's nobody there that gets any payment, but they have proper structures, I suppose, in terms of secretary and chairman and all that. And uh, we've worked very closely with them all the while, and they're a fantastic professional bunch, very dedicated to what they do and um, um, a difficult job very difficult job and highly trained and i believe lately um, they have a fully trained female crew which is i think fantastic because i tell you you want to be very brave to do the type of stuff they do the training alone i say would be quite difficult and they need they need quite high-tech equipment hence the need for um, charity charity kind of events like this that will uh, gather certain amounts of money up and um, they may keep their equipment then to to the best quality or, and um, efficiency as they need for the difficult job they have do of recovery.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, unfortunately, we've seen, you know, a, a lot of these cases happen, especially on the East Coast as well, maybe on the West Coast. But we know from our own media uh, that sadly, um, you know, people are lost at sea. And uh wanting uh, to comfort a family maybe is the, the recovery of a, of a body unfortunately
1: Well absolutely I mean you know unfortunately accidentally even people can come across or I suppose um, and, and fall into to water anywhere and, and get into great difficulty and maybe maybe uh, um, don't survive so in those cases you know because there's a, there's a flow or a tidal uh, movement um, where the body where a body person might go in and um, they they may not be recovered from the immediate spot. So it's it's hence the difficulty, and then you know you have to call on professionals.
0: Great. And as you say, a, a fully volunteer, fully volunteer uh, run, yeah. run great, great organization. Great now, we probably know a little bit less about them than the R and L I again uh, a body that, as you said, are in Scaries, uh, Holt, and uh, uh, Out and Dunleary. Well, that's it. The R and are a huge yeah.
1: organization, as we know, on on the coast of Britain and the coast of Ireland. They operate and have been for a long, long time. So they're a high-profile group that um, really, I suppose, most sailors would, would would know an awful lot about, um, nationwide. Where with the, um, Irish Underwater Search Recovery Unit, less less known, obviously, because they do they do sort of work that um, uh, doesn't get, uh, well, it gets praise, I suppose, certainly, but in a, in a very low-profile way.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, two great organizations for people to uh, give their few shillings to.
1: Oh, well, I think so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we're coming up to a time of the year now where there'll be a lot of charities active. And if people can give, well, it's it's, it's fantastic. And it's, it's always a, a great thing. The large people are so generous. So in, in our particular um, event, it's it's for those two charities. So, you know, we're really looking for as much support as possible.
0: Yeah, and not just for the, the boating, I suppose. The boating people. People can just come along, maybe down to St. Patrick's for the day and, or part of the day and, and enjoy.
1: Well, that's it. They're very welcome. Like, yeah. Um, as I say, you come down, there's a bit of crack, there might be a bit of music on, um, Christmas songs, etc. Um, and if, it just gives them an idea and it might even encourage them to join certain clubs or be active on the water.
0: And for yourself, in, in all in a row, um, where did the idea kind of come from as
1: such? Well, I, I suppose, to be honest, it just came from the, I suppose, the desperate situation of homelessness. Back in 2016, I mean, there was, a, there was obviously, before that, it was a build-up. 2016 seemed to be particularly bad. Um, there was all kinds of things happening react to uh, the, the homeless situation and since that of course and um, we just i don't know we just can't seem to get a handle on it but yeah uh, so when I, I was out on the water and i was realizing like that an awful lot of things would be happening and um, with different different groupings <coughs> excuse me coming up to christmas to help homelessness and um, and it just came into my head like jesus like yeah uh, maybe something could be done from a uh, community point of view on the liffey and you know, there's some great people who've been operating at Liffey for a long time now, St. Pat's as a, as a rowing club and um, Stella Maris um, as a rowing club, both in the same community, both in Ringsend, um, which is a fantastic setup, really. It's great to see those two clubs, you know, competitive Indeed, yeah. and, and people coming up, young people getting a chance to learn the skills of rowing and being competitive in regardless. And there's a community side to it, of course, as well, and um, family side to it. Um, but, you know, so all these people, you know, were, were very open to the idea Amongst amongst everybody else, because as, as I say, most people are are chargeable with their time and their ideas, and uh, hence the all in the road thing was born. And it's it's kind of it's it's kind of interesting because it, um, you always feel like that uh, it it has great potential.
0: Absolutely, you mentioned you know people are charitable with their time. Can can people contact you? Can people do anything for you with regards that? time to help out on the day or anything like
1: that? Well, certainly, if um, we, we kind of have most things, I think, nailed down, but if anyone drops down and wants to help on the day, by all means, I think other than that, we have our safety boats organised for, for the water. Um, what, what what we normally do as well is um, we we kind of congregate around uh, 12 o'clock back to Pats, so if, if we have been Roan and Coyican and so far um, on the Liffey up as far as maybe um, the Cable Bridge, we come back, everyone comes back for about 12 we organise then to be ready at half twelve to go up as a flotilla up to Shannon O'Casey. and there's a very poignant point then. And um, at twelve, at one o'clock, I should say, one o'clock, we we, we the flotilla stops at Shannon O'Casey Bridge, and um, we kind of have a minute silence, etc. And um, we lay wreaths for anybody that may have been lost to the sea or to any water tragedies, um, during the season and before. And then we um, have a fellow called Pat O'Connor from the Communication Workers Unions. Union Brass Band, I think it's the last union band in the country, and Pat would play the last post from the Sean O'Casey Bridge, which is a fantastic thing, you know. Without a doubt, you know, yeah, 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 And um, we hope to also have uh, John Lamar Piper who would point the flotilla all the way up to the Sean O'Casey Bridge. So we try to animate as best we can, you know, um, and and uh, pay tribute maybe to our, you know, the people who have gathered on the day, and indeed pay respect to anybody who may be lost, you know.
0: Great, great, great organization, um. For people who want to donate, uh, the website is it um, David or Yeah well, did, you it, said you have tickets, you have raffle tickets as well.
1: Yeah the raffle tickets are available on, on Facebook, the uh, that's on the row for charity Facebook page. And we have our website page is the uh, on the row um helping face um website page. So easily got um and interesting as well. There's a couple of videos on the Facebook page as well of things we've done previously and uh, um, of course, now with the drones, everybody expects a drone to be around to, uh, to give that kind of coverage as well. So we have a couple of nice videos there, some of them informative as well. And uh, uh, so, you know, feel free to do that. Come down on the day, enjoy the raffle and take part in some way if possible.
0: And I know you've got a couple of Christmas cards there from Orland L.I. I'm sure people can
1: purchase yeah, well, them as well. That's right. There. I think probably Rose Michael will be there um, at the tent at St. Pat's in Ringsend at the own club um, running the raffle. Um, and everything is you know tickets are for sale uh, Christmas cards are for sale
0: etc Looking forward to it David thanks a lot for coming into us uh, to tell us all about we wish you every success on the day Uh, hopefully it's a nice dry day as I say I know on the Diffy even though you're underwater, but nice to get a big crowd and let people uh, see everything that's taking place
1: Absolutely and I'd like to just thank everybody for helping with the organising of it Um, and previous um, organising as well And everybody will take part on the day because we've got the the scouts from Wicklow Bray are going to take part and they're going to help us on the day on on the, um, at Pats on the ground as well with the uh, first port rings end as well. So it's great to see these um, younger people involved as well and, um, you know, all age groups and all group. It's just fantastic. And I'd like to just thank everybody and including the sponsors. Which, that's which, it? Uh, yeah. Which, is it which, well, we know we know for sure. Dublin Port are always a, a, a great help to the community, and um, and particularly to On The row and uh, anybody else is 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 more than welcome to be uh, a main sponsor or any kind of a sponsor.
0: Just contact yourself or Absolutely, contact the website. Yeah, contact
1: us at uh, contact contact um, Dave Kelly uh, through the Facebook page through the uh, website.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Uh We look forward to it, Dave. Thanks a lot.
1: Great, Mick. Thanks very much. Thank you. You're
0: listening to Rick Radio's Community News Desk podcast. Yes, you're listening to uh, Rick Radio Community News Desk. Uh, joining us on the programme now is Jonathan Walker, the new principal of Ringsend College. Um, Ringsend College, uh, I think it's been going uh, quite a number of years. Was 1983 it was opened? Yeah, it
2: was as, as um, the tech, I think, then. Um, don't test me on the history of it, but before then it would have been a maritime college as well. So there would have been literally hundreds in. I only had um lads from um the port in the docks in talking about that yesterday, about how it re- was originally open as a maritime school.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, i was just looking at uh, some of the archives when I was, uh, looking into the interview here today, and I think uh the RTE were down there in 1983. Gareth Fitzgerald, I think, opened it, and Charlie Board was actually the de- the man that was doing there. Yeah, thankfully, I'm delighted to
2: to say I wasn't born when when that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I won't tell you when I was born. But um, no, I wasn't actually born then. But actually, so if you look, if you come into the school sometime, you can see there's a few sections in the school that were the original building. And the kids always look at them and are like, what's that? Yeah, Um, yeah. It looks rubbish. But actually, it's really cool because that's from the original building. And um, that was there. And then I think it was around in the 80s then when it got revamped and re-released as the tech, um, which it's very funny because it still goes by the tech, even though it's Rings End College now. As I was saying to the students the other day I that the tech has a great ring. Maybe we should switch our name back, <laughs> just call ourselves the tech. Um,
0: yeah, because it was rings and TI, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, technical T- institute. Technical yeah. institute. Yeah, and a, yeah. And so
2: that's why that's why our practical facilities are better than a lot of schools. Do you know, we have a great woodwork room. We have a good metalwork room and um, home ec and art and stuff uh, because it was set up with that kind of in mind. Yeah. Um, now, that's, it's harder to get teachers for those subjects and stuff now, but um, it's definitely something I personally love. A lot of our students love that, getting the opportunity to work with their hands and doing those kind of things. Um, so it's really important. So it's funny, the history of being the tech um. I you know it's it's funny students came into me in in first year and were like we heard we get sent home if we call it the tech <laughs> and I was like well, I don't really care what you call it as long as you show up yeah, <laughs> um, yeah yeah but like that that's a great history and our facilities are that way and and um, our students respond well to practical subjects so yeah.
0: interesting before we on that you you mentioned there difficult to get teachers to teach metal work and 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 you know um, artwork work or, or yeah, there's so like
2: uh, the different subjects massively. At the moment, there's teacher shortage across the board and um, certain subjects not as difficult. And um, some of them are like hen's teeth and um, probably the. So like something like meta work, very, very difficult to get. Um, and that it's difficult for any school to get them. Um, and then I would say that it, where we're positioned, we face even bigger challenges than a lot of other schools. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very hard t- for a teacher to afford to live um, within a decent commute to this school. Um, and if they are commuting in, even if it's only, say, a 40 minute commute, um, they're passing 10 schools that would probably offer them jobs. Yeah, yeah. So. Do you know, you know, it's it, teaching is a vocation. You kind of, you have a soft spot for your students. But at the end of the day, um, do you know, if you can commute five minutes in the morning, five minutes home versus an hour 20 each way. You're going to do that for the same to It's going to come, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's the same. Like I cycle, it takes me, I, I'm lucky I cycle in and out. Um, But as I cycle in and out, I literally pass... 15 schools that i could probably get a job in seven of them yeah yeah um you know so it's it's tough it's it's a tough time for getting staff and um but and it's especially when we're trying to focus in on that kind of thing you know like we meta work woodwork home ec art sciences and we just launched um leaving sir p this year Um, so PE has recently become an actual leaving cert exam subject. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 So this year we have our first cohort of fifth years and have started PE um, for the the leaving cert. And it's a great subject because, um, you know, it's not like I remember a student asked me when he heard about it. They're like, is that like how far you can kick a ball? (laughs) And I said, no, it's it's much more probably like a science. Yeah. Um, But the great thing about it is 50 percent of it is practical. So they'll they'll have done fifty percent of that exam, and um, before they even go in to sit a written exam. Yeah. So you're talking they they they'll have a fairly good idea of whether they they might have already passed that exam. Yeah. And um, before they go in for the written thing, so it you know it, it caters to, a lot of students who wouldn't necessarily be great, if you give them one exam at the final end of two years.
0: Yeah. Um, and that where where did, where did that come in from? Is that from from the department or no, no? so
2: it so p rolled out um p rolled out probably 3 years ago or now maybe 4 years ago and um, where the first time it was brought in as a leaving cert subject um and then when i jumped in um i got the job in march um and that was i went to the to um burn who's our p teacher and i said what do you think about doing leaving cert p I said, I think it takes a lot of boxes for mm. a lot of our students. And he was really enthusiastic. Um, and so we just, I said, find out what we got to do. Um, and he he found out there's a few different courses you have to do and stuff. He jumped in and we got to got put a bit of money aside to get the equipment we needed and got it rolling for September. So it's something yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to see now. Obviously, it's first year. You know, you don't know how well those kind of things are doing. Until two or three years down the road, yeah, um, yeah. but it's kicked off well. It's a nice group, and and um, Jer seems to be really enjoying it. So yeah,
0: absolutely. I suppose the courses that you do have in the in the, in the school are, are quite diverse, um, yeah. as well as you said, like your PE now, you the metal work, woodwork, art, uh, yeah. as well as well. I suppose to say the. the Academic uh, yeah, subjects so of people, the
2: languages and stuff, and um, do you know it's it's a funny thing? A lot of people don't understand um, when you're uh, leading a school and you're trying to lay out the subjects and the classes and and the things. Very few people understand teacher allocations, what the school's handed. Uh, what the principal's given, you know, k- kind of around March, they tell me how many teachers I'm allowed next year. That's and you started in March as well. That's, and that's <laughs> exactly, so I actually didn't know. There's a few tricks you can pull. I didn't know them, um, but you have, so you're allocated a certain amount of teachers. You have to cover certain subjects. And um, it's, it's a really complicated um, system. I would mm. say to get me and and at the time, Kira Moran was the deputy when I started um she's stepped down now Sharon Kylie is the new deputy. Kier's still working with us. Everyone I'm like there's no correlation to me getting the job and her stepping down we're actually Kira and I are, are basically best friends. Um but with that I would say over summer Kira and I probably put in between the two of us close to 100 hours to get the timetable that our students come in and our staff come in and then complain about. Um, yeah. But it takes so much logistics to make it all work. Get the stuff that the students are required and then get the stuff that they want as well and try and get as much of those two things. Um, it's a lot of work. And, and when you're in a small school, it's tougher. Um, you know, if you're in a school of, say, a thousand, you know, you have 70 teachers. So you have access to a massive range of subjects. Whereas when you have, say, 20 teachers you know, you have to have core subjects and then your additional subjects are kind of based on what they, they also have. So you're limited. Um, so it's a, it's a interesting one trying to figure out, but
0: you're enjoying the job though, are you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, am I, am
2: I, I love it. I love it. And it, and it, and I say this a lot, look, I had no interest in the job. I had no interest in being principal rings end. Um when Kira, who was the deputy, when she we both went to act up as deputy this like five years ago, she got the job I didn't and I, I wrote her a thing saying, Thanks for saving me from that job. Yeah. Um and uh, then laughing when I got the principal, then she sent me a picture of that certificate I'd given <laughs> her, saying papers, how far we've come. But the thing is, I love Rings End, I love the students, I love the school. I love the community. It is it's a community that's so different than the vast majority of other other areas. I've worked in other similar um socio economic areas, but the community here is different. Um and I was i I'm the fourth principal in six years. It's that's big turnover. Big yeah. turnover. That's it's not right for the students, it's not right for the probably the staff notice that more.
1: Yeah. Do you yeah. know
2: when new leader comes in, they have a different Um agenda and it changes everything and I was just sick of the change and I had a really clear vision for our students and our families and our community, um and so I was like no so I went for it because I just love the community I I wouldn't have I did I've never applied for the job in a different school, um and I have now look things change but. I have. am not looking elsewhere. I have no interest in using this as a stepping stone. You just want to build, build this school. I just, I yeah. just want to work with what we have at the moment. I want to give. Um, I have a very clear vision. I want to give as much as I can and and try and support and facilitate the growth. I, I can see, um, and then, if that's if if I'm the right person to continue that on, then great. If I'm not, once I've um facilitated as much progress as I can if I, if I, I like to think that if I can't facilitate more after that that I'll move on for the good of the school um but look that's, that's you have only started though at the moment. I've, on, yeah, I've only I've yeah, only started yeah. but it is it's a it's a it's a full on it's a full on job
0: yeah um I suppose as well as you know the, the actual school and day to day as well you you do you do um extra classes there was a night class or is that there was
2: so what happened was it just was an interesting time um there was night classes which i was a big fan of and I, i am a big fan of but the night school director was retiring um and with the timeline of him retiring the night school had also really dropped so say before say back around 2007 2008 um or before just before the recession, you would have had up to 550 people in in the evening classes every week, right? Uh, when I took over in March, there was 50 a week. And so the you knew it had gone from 20 different classes being put on to like four yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was kind of at a really low it was the lowest it had ever been the person who ran it was retiring i didn't have anyone who could not just maintain it but actually start to resurrect it yeah and um, and so i just said this is going to put too much pressure it's going to put too much pressure and um, the post primary is growing um and you know like someone in head office said oh why don't you just take the night school and take and i was like are you mad? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm strapped as it is. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's just, it was a shame because I actually liked that. Yeah. And um, we also have a few other adult services, but, um, they, uh, they really are being, going to be moved out of the school now. Um, soon enough because it's, it's, our building doesn't facilitate having adults and post-primary. Yeah. We can't yeah, have, a, yeah, uh, the yeah. adults and teenagers, they overlap in my school. And that's not safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: so I, as you know, in in March when I took over, I, one of the first things I did was call head offices that this has to change. Yeah. Um, because other schools where you have adults and teenagers on site, they're separated, um, <clears throat> whereas ours aren't. And so we've, you know, I moved the classes down here, and they're kind of in a corner or whatever, but, um. It's just not safe. That's not appropriate. Yeah. And even yeah. for adults, they're yeah. coming into a secondary school, which doesn't yeah. make them, you know, doesn't esteem them either. They should be in somewhere that's more appropriate for that setting. Yeah, so, I suppose
0: controls have changed over over the years as well, and, and governance and like you, you have to deal with all that as well as the teachers. I go know. on away. Like uh,
2: if you think of everything Ireland's gone through in let's say the last thirty years, relating to that kind of stuff, there is no place to have teenage toilet being passed by adults who aren't who aren't guard vetted and stuff excuse me there's no room for that it's not it's not acceptable and i couldn't stand over it and so um but yeah so it really is pushing to really just focused on the posts on the secondary school and just building it and building it up and building that and um, that's an interesting thing you know building it, it is kind of the um it seems to be the agenda most principals jump in, especially a school our size and the, the goal is grow, grow, grow. Um, we have a little over 200 students at the moment. Um, our building could probably facilitate 500.
0: Mm. Um, but... Of course, there's it, going to be new houses built, I suppose, in the, the bottle company Yeah, as well. well, there so is. There's lots will, of... With that, you know, yeah, in like the it, school of impact. Yeah, like yeah. you're talking about
2: thousands and thousands of, of, um, increase in population in the area. Yeah. Um, my, with that, but my actual goal isn't to see massive growth, which sounds counterintuitive to a principal role. I just, my fear is if we were to go over 300, um, I don't know that we can do what we do really well. Once our numbers get too big. Yeah. What we are good at is I have this happen Three or four times a day, whether I'm walking to the shop or whether a parent drops into me, parent comes in, they won't even say the name of their student. First of all, they, they won't make an appointment, mm. so they don't make an appointment. They just come in and they expect to be able to see me, which if I'm free, great. If yeah. I'm not, they'll usually wait for me. Um, but they expect to be able to, to get access to me straight away. Um, they expect to be able to start talking about a student without ever mentioning their name. Um, and they expect me to know the situation. And But here's the thing. Nine out of ten times, I
0: do. You do, yeah. Do yeah. you know?
2: And and that's what we're good at.
0: Yeah. That's
2: what we're good at. We're good at knowing our students. None of our students get lost. Um, you know, if you threw some of our students into a thousand student school, they would get lost. They would not survive. They would not thrive. They'd be... They'd leave. And they'd be just on the corner whereas that's what we're good at is is that's what we're really good at uh, is knowing our community knowing our students and trying to cater whether that student is someone who is gunning for 600 points in the leaving or that might be a student who has no academic uh, really no academic capacity but they're in for the socialized socialization element of it yeah. the safe space of school, the routine, the attendance it doesn't matter which end you're on, we know who you are and we're we're trying to get the best out of you um and I, and I just don't see how we could actually continue to do that if we were to allow our classes to get too big, our school to get too big um it's because we're we're not just a, an educational institute it, it, you it's, know yeah absolutely. Um,
0: how how different is that, or uh, how difficult maybe is that a job for for yourself and for your, your staff? Because like, there's no doubt that schooling has changed, in the, as you say, in the last yeah. twenty years or so.
2: Yeah, and every school is different, um and uh, every school is different. Every community is different, um, and you know, like ours is incredible. I've had some of the primary schools coming into me from St. Pat's, some of the kids and. I say, who has a kid in in Ringsend College that, that you're related to? Half the class stick their hand up. It's cousins. It's brothers. It's sisters. Our school is intertwined. There is no distinction between school and community. There is no boundaries. Mm-hmm. What's happening in the community is affecting what's in school. What's in school is affecting the community, and um, and that's that's something to embrace. That's not something to do. You know, like how stupid would it be to say to a kid mm. leave your like leave your drama at the door and i used to tell them keep your drama out of my class but like they like you can't tell tell a 13 year old to leave what's going on in their life there and not bring it into school when they're sitting beside the per. do you know yeah and yeah. um, so it's very it's a it's and so that's something to embrace not to shy away from um and so it but it means there's there's loads of room to expand on that do you know what we really we're trying at the moment, we're trying to bolster the parents association because we want parental involvement. We want the parents in, you know, I was talking to two of them yesterday saying school trips are really tough for us because we only have 20 staff or so. If we have to send out three teachers, there's a rake of classes that are missing a teacher. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so I was like, parent, let's get some parents guard of it. who maybe work nights. So they're actually free in the day or, do you know where... Yeah, have can, time. Can have yeah, time yeah, and yeah. they can jump in and they can be a responsible adult for us. So you let them well, teach, do you? Oh, the Jeff, well, <laughs> I'll tell you
0: what. If, if
2: any of them teaches German, I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, now, so, do you know, try, like that's something we're trying to push into and just build and build and build Yeah, um, is that we're a community school in every sense of that word. Yeah.
0: Um, One thing I... I, I Looked at when I was doing the, the, the little bit of research was the facilities in the library, gym, you know, art school, and then there's mindfulness. Like yeah. mindfulness. Like certainly when I went to school, mindfulness was not. Yeah, on I actually. The it was our agenda.
2: I was talking to a principal the other day, um, and they were saying they're telling us to get mindfulness out of schools because it's given space for stuff for stuff to conjure up in kids. That then we don't have the capacity to deal with, um, which is very interesting. Um with the mindfulness and that kind of stuff, that's more along the lines of like the SPHE and CSP stuff where it's being we don't actually have like a mindfulness room, yeah. Or like a stop and be mindful moment in the day. That's not a bad idea actually. Um, but there's not it's none of that, it's more built into the well being curriculum, so um opposed to like this big Project, you know, so some teachers who are more passionate about it would implement it, um, others less. Yeah. Or sometimes yeah. it's just not appropriate anyway.
0: And you mentioned, of course, trying to get like teachers fill uh, different class as well. And of course, there's the extracurricular activities as well that you have, like, just the, there's, there's a lot of them, like yeah, your, your footballs is, and your yeah. basketball and different things as well. How do you how do you cope with that sort? Of? Because most of them, I, I presume, take place. Or a lot of them might take place after school. Yeah,
2: they are, and that's actually another thing where I was talking to the parents because we don't have enough. Do you know if you were looking at the website, it probably needs to be edited. Um, we don't have enough, and I want more of it. And um, but again, you're talking about people volunteering their time, and this is what we were talking about there earlier. Our school is tough to get to, so the difference of leaving at quarter to four versus leaving at four thirty could be the difference of an hour in your commute. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking when you're when teachers are volunteering their time and it's after school, it's a it's a very, very significant commitment. And then we run into a few issues. You're talking um small school, it's tough to field the team. Do you know so like the senior boys football were playing today in the park there, they had a match camp Remember who they are playing? um. But senior boys is a tough team to actually field. Do you know you'll end up having third years on there and stuff? Yeah. Because we don't have enough interested players. Um, so it's, do you know, like I, I used to do a running thing and that, that's another thing. I had a running club um, and on any given Wednesday, again, this was my own time. So I'm staying back after school to go running with a few students which is great cause it builds relationship with them. Um, but it's still a sacrifice. Um, and then one week you'd have like two would show up next week, you'd have six and then one would mm. show up. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, the commitment there and I'm like, hold on, I have three kids. Yeah. I'm yeah. giving up time. My on, on Wednesday, my early finish, I'm giving up time with my own kids to go out running with you, and I'm getting this
0: yeah yeah not the commitment, yeah, this yeah. lack of commitment. So yeah, it's a big yeah.
2: thing. It's one. It's something we're looking at. Um. You know, I'm. You know, because because that kind of stuff. Like I loved it mm. as as a student myself. Um, and it's figuring out the balance of how do you actually get teachers involved, how do you get students involved, how do you make it worth everyone's while, mm. um, and how can we get parents involved? How can we get because I'd love to see as much of that stuff as possible. Yeah. Um, it's just figuring out what works. It's just times. Yeah.
0: Tell me, just when you were saying there that you, know, you, you liked it as a student as well, yeah. do you, when, you're, when you're as principal now, do you, do you look back in your own time as a student to maybe you know, change things around that maybe you didn't like when <laughs> you were there or yeah. the good things as well, we won't talk about the negative. Yeah. There's a lot of good things that you say used to enjoy them to maybe bring them in uh, into the school now.
2: It's really interesting to look, to, to look at everything in school and look at it through the eyes of yourself as a student. Um, do you know? So like we have a thing um, called form tutorial. So for 12 minutes every morning, the kids come in and it's kind of they do a little bit of well-being, connect with their teacher. Teacher can check kind of uniform and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 12 minutes before at the start of the day and then they go into their standard classes it's hit and miss, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle to get students in property for it on time. Punctuality is a difficulty in every school. As a student, I wasn't punctual. Mm. I was terrible. And I'd, I'd get detention quite regularly for that. And so looking at those kind of things or coming back late from lunch or that kind of stuff, I, it does. I actually look at it and I go, right. Am I, if I can think back to myself as a teenager, would I value what the school is telling me to value? How would the, how would the school convince me that that's valuable or would I have thought it was rubbish and not wrote in no matter what they did. Mm. Um, And so for, for all of the different things, um, yeah, you look at it, you look as, as you try, I try and look through the lens of when I was a student and go right, does that actually add up or, does that work or would I have bought into it as a student? Um, and then pivoting and, you know, cause it's so easy to just do stuff because we've always done it that way. Do you know? Like, so even mm-hmm. like when the students are given out to me about the tracksuits, I say, grand, bring me a viable solution. Because yeah. Because it, because the tracksuit's not the end of the world. Like it, like, so trying to give them authority. Um, but if all they want to do is moan, I'm like, no, give me solutions. Don't yeah, give me yeah, I can, yeah. I Because I can tell you about more problems than you can tell me. But I'm like, give me solutions and let's work on it together. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, like some stuff they don't get. They're like, we should get a longer lunch. And I'm like, no problem. I'm like, but realize it is literally department requirement that you are in class in front of a teacher 28 hours a week. Yeah. You want a longer lunch? We can do it. I'll give you 15 minutes longer. But that goes on at the end of the year. yeah. And yeah. they're like... Now nah, we'll stick with lunch. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? so, yeah, do you yeah. so some stuff, once yeah. you explain yeah. the rationale absolutely, to them, yeah. then yeah. they get it. Yeah. Other stuff, I'm like, if, if there isn't a really strong rationale behind it, then I'm open. Let's talk. Let's figure out an alternative. Yeah. Do you know, with some stuff I can't, um, but other stuff, yeah, let's talk. Like I'm, um, my friends will tell you, I am just intolerant of doing things for the sake of doing it. So if there's something in school that we've just been doing because we always did it and it's not actually working, then I'm kind of like, well, why now? Let's figure out an alternative and maybe the alternative will work. Maybe it won't. Then let's try something new.
0: Is that part of your your ambitions? Because I suppose you've relatively short time, yeah. uh, In 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 the school uh, March and then you had your summer holidays and yeah. probably which you probably didn't get because you were doing all these hours to get things yeah. ready for sept- September as well. Yeah. But like what what are your ambitions really for for the 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 school going forward?
2: For the school going forward, um, I have a few, um, on different levels. Um, for my staff, my biggest ambition is. Um, and, and this, this is, let me caveat this with the thing, or let me put in where my rationale comes from. I heard, I was telling this to my staff the other day, I heard a, a speaker, and I don't remember much of what he said, but one thing he said really stuck with me. He said, no whole school initiative will ever be as significant as, and have as significant an impact on the student as the individual relationship of the teacher with their students. Mm. There will be, there is nothing we can do in school. It doesn't matter how big it is. There's nothing we can do on a whole school level that will be as impactful as that relationship with the teacher in their class. And it's the same for all of us. I bet you if, if all of us told stories now about what was significant in our time in school, it will come down to a relationship we had with the teacher. Mm. Where they said something they did, it could be negative or positive. Yeah. Um. But it'll it'll come down to that. It won't be a big whole school, um. You know, like drop everything and read kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. It'll be a moment you had with the teacher, um. Or moments where the fact that a teacher took an interest in you and actually spoke to you about stuff you knew, or or taught in a way that you understood. And um. So I've I've said that with stuff that 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 every, every decision. I'm trying to make now is looking at um, the school from, how do we support teachers and students in that relationship? Everything must be impacting the classroom. Otherwise they don't really care. And so do you know, we get inspections, we get all these things. I'm not ticking boxes for the sake of it. There's too much other stuff to do. Yeah. Do you know within within, so within our community, and um, my, my hope for the staff is, it's tough because we have a small staff, but my hope for the staff is that um, I'm able to provide them with really good support for that relationship in the class, help them iron out issues, um, that I'm able to support them and become really well um, informed for, for what we'd call trauma-based teaching um, so that they understand their students and they're able to interact with them on a way that's appropriate for their life experience um, and then also trying to really bolster excellence in the classroom um so that we you know i'm trying to minimize issues for the teachers hmm. yeah. take that out of their hands but ultimately it will come down to the teacher in their classroom um on a on a larger school level um yeah. Do you know, we're looking at implementing an ASD program, so Autism Spectrum Disorder program. Um, same paths, the boys and the girls beside us have gotten funding to build units. Um, sorry, units is really the wrong word, but they, well, they're actually getting to build classrooms off the back and set up the program in those. We have enough space. Hopefully we'll be able to get funding just to revamp. But essentially we want, what I, what I envisage and, and have talked with, um, Anne and Ian from the, the Boys and Girls is that we can have for our, the, the people in our community um, who are on the spectrum that we can provide a, a just a really smooth continuum where they can already be coming into us in the secondary school before they've left primary school. Yeah. So that yeah. they're used to it get to get that continuity. That's a need. Some parents in the school from the community came and told me they were like, this is what we want in the school. I said, I want it too. We yeah. need to support. Yeah. Um, but I said, I also don't want to roll it out really quick and yeah. then not be thought through and not be. So we're hoping to get that going for September 23. And um, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also <laughs> talking with um, Dublin Port at the moment. Um, I would love to see, this is a big, a big one, but uh, it would require planning permission and stuff. I would love to see the school wrapped in a big mural, turn it into a landmark building, um, where it's something the community's just really proud of, that stands out, that a mural that's reflective of our community, the history that we have here, all the different things, something really ta- tasteful, um, but turn look you look at that pr that school it looks like a prison. Looks like it looks like if SIP two built a prison in the seventies. Yeah. And that's yeah. not reflective of what's going on inside. That's not reflective yeah. of what's inside. Yeah. And so I'm like, we need to we need it to look like what's going on inside. Yeah. But again, those are bigger things that really the the big thing is just the students. That they're that they come in, that they are known, that they're respected, that they're heard, not pandered to. We're not trying Mm. to appease and we're not, Mm. we're running Mm. a school. They need an education. They need to learn to follow rules. There needs to be consequences. Um, but just to continue to build that whole community of understanding and, and progress and, um, those are tangible things. They don't have to be this kind of airy fairy, like, oh yeah, we're all going to love each other. And like, 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 no, it's, this is reality. We're dealing with teenagers. Yeah. Do you know, they need to know the line. Um, and they need to know the boundaries and we need to enforce those. Um, but we also really need to understand them and understand their individuality and appreciate that. Uh, because that's the only way we're actually, whether they're going to go on and, and um, be a prize winner in Trinity College or if they're going to go and um, do, you know do something completely hands on where that doesn't matter, it's all yeah. brilliant our big goal for them is this is actually the phrase he used, is that they go and they be upstanding contributing members of their community. Brilliant. Is is what we're going for.
0: For there, Jonathan, we leave it. Thanks a lot for coming in and telling us uh, your story. Wish you every success going forward. There, you're already as you I said four it. principles in six <laughs> years. Well maybe we we we'll see uh, in, in f- five years' really time is. and that but uh, the best of luck with it all and uh, Hopefully that mural will come along as well. I
2: know. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm excited about the idea of a, um, Brilliant.
0: Well, that's all for the Community news desk this week. Our thanks to our guests, Jonathan Walker and David Kelly. Also thanks to Dylan Clayton on Sound and Editing. And a big welcome to Leslie Nannery, who has joined the team this week. We look forward to bringing you an even better Community news less each week in the future. With that in mind, please send in any information or requests that you have to rickradio2020 at gmail.com that's rickradio2020 at gmail.com in the coming weeks we'll be looking ahead to christmas and the events taking place here in the centre and santa is due along with the christmas market on sunday the 11th of december and we're hoping that he will drop in beforehand for a few words in the program for the moment though from me mick have a great week and thanks for listening